eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, Now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. All right, here we are. We're at T-Mobile Park. Uh, we got the Brett Boone Podcast, and I got an old teammate of mine, Jeff Nelson, four-time World Series champion. We were chatting about it earlier. Pretty awesome. We're going to get into that a little bit. Nelly was also a teammate of mine in 2001, that magical uh, Seattle Mariners season. He was an all-star that year. There were eight of us, uh, and it's pretty cool getting to catch up, seeing a lot of guys from the past that you don't run into every day. So, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jeff Nelson to the program. Jeff, thanks for coming on. Oh, my pleasure, Booney. So what's up? You're back in Seattle. It's been, what is it, 22 years for us. Yeah. Let, let, me, let me go back to the beginning. Me and Nellie have a background, okay? It's, it's 1990. Nellie's a, a seasoned veteran in the minor leagues. I'm a new draft pick for the Seattle Mariners. I get, I, I get sent to Peninsula, Virginia, playing for the Peninsula Pilots. Uh, which is an A-ball affiliate of the, of the Mariners back then. And a guy by the name of Jeff Nelson gets sent down. Now, I'm 22 years old, 21 years old. I don't know who Jeff Nelson is, but I know that there's this veteran guy that came down, and he's, he's mad because he got sent down to A-ball. A year later, his life's going to change, he's gonna, and he's going to end up having a, a long major league career, like I mentioned, and in four rings. But tell me about 1990, Nelly coming to, Nelly coming to, coming to A-ball again. What are you thinking? Talk a little bit about that summer. Oh, well, I was in Williamsport, and I was a starter, and I wasn't doing well. So it was a double-A team that then, and they said, okay, we're going to send you down, and we're going to make you a closer because we don't have – Mike Schooler was a closer in Seattle. said, oh, we're going, to, we're going to make you a reliever. So I was going back to A-ball for the fifth year. I think I've been to A-ball like five years. So I go down, and the next thing you know, Ross Grimsley was the pitching coach, and I wasn't happy. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I'm going back to A-ball? 
And I'm like, dude, my career is going to be done. I'm probably, I think I was 23 at the time, 22 at the time. And I said, oh, I'm probably done. So I'll go down and, and mess around. And I started closing. And it was one of those things that I could always bounce back. I could always, like, you know, throw multiple days in a row. And I think it was one of the things with this, as a starter. It's like I would start losing speed about the fourth or fifth inning. And, and next thing you know, they're like, oh, you know, we're going to make you a reliever. But going down, I mean, we had a we had a great time. I mean, it was we had Jim Campanis. Uh, remember um, Ron Mullins? He's um, no, he's and I. Still I do. Talk. He's still a cop in uh, in Kentucky. He texts me every once in a while, and I haven't seen him in years. But we talk we talk every once in a while. We stayed in that room that we had that what was it called the Love Shack with no remember no air conditioning. We were like a block away from the beach, holes in the bathroom walls. And me and Molly stayed in that one room, and all we had was a fan. There was no AC in that place. But it was uh, – the minor leagues were the best. You know, I thought, you know, the travel – and it's funny. You would think that – you would think that guys would, like, backstab each other because everybody's trying to shoot to get to the big leagues. But everybody's like a team. Everybody everybody came together. Even in AA and AAA, as much as you want this guy – you know, you would think, okay, I'm competing against another starter. You're competing against another second baseman. You think you would think that hey you know, I want this guy to do bad I don't want him I don't want him to go ahead ahead of me, but it's one of those things that that you know everybody you know you just became a team and everybody you rooted for everyone it didn't matter you know if one guy was doing better than you or you were doing better than them. A year later, I'm in Jacksonville. That was my yeah. first regular season. We were teammates again, and and I remember I was playing second base and I'm looking down the left field line. Now you got to remember Jeff Nelson was a starter over the top conventional starter your your whole career and all of a sudden i remember seeing you in the bullpen and nelly's dropping down three quarters that 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 uh technique that we we learned over the years you know uh he was that three-quarter guy that sidewinder that come out of the pen and he was set up set up man for many years but that kind of changed your your history going forward i was um I was a big Dennis Eckersley fan. I love watching Dennis Eckersley. So one time in Jacksonville, I don't know how many months, maybe it was like a few weeks into the season, I took Jim Campanis. We went in the bullpen. And I said, I'm going to start emulating Eckersley because he was three quarters. So I started throwing like him, and all of a sudden my fastball started moving. My sinker was bigger. And then I started throwing that same slider, same grip, and all of a sudden it got really big. And Campanis came to me and said, don't change. He said, that's it. I think I hit him. I threw my first slider, and I want to say when he went to catch it, I might have hit him in the chest with the ball, that it broke so hard and so and so big that he went out to catch it, and it smoked him in the chest, I think. But it, And then he said, do not change. Always throw from that angle. And I never did. And then the next year I went to winter ball after I went to Puerto Rico in 91, and I led the organization in saves, led Puerto Rico in saves, and then I made the team the next year in 92. And it's amazing because you – you were talking about it. You said, you know, I might be done. I'm back in A ball again. The one change in a pitch in how many years? 17 years in a big league? Yeah. I forget how many years. I, yeah, I up, but it was a lot. Seven and a half in the, in the minor league. Seven years in the minor league. Yeah. Uh, New York. And we were talking about this over breakfast this morning. Uh, Nelly won four rings. We got a lot of people that come on the Boom podcast, a lot of great, great players. And I'm in that category, too. I never won a ring. I was lucky enough to go to a World Series, get a little bit of taste. But I was talking to Jeff this morning, and I said, Nelly, you realize how lucky you are to have four rings and how unbelievable you're walking around life? Not too many people have one ring. And 
as a young player, I, I thought, man, 1995, I had a great Reds team go to the postseason, and oh man, I'm going to get you know three or four rigs in my career. I look up 99, uh, I got to go to a World Series, got whooped by Nelly's Yankees, um, but it just puts it into perspective every year when when you see that world series trophy being given away when you see that nba championship that uh, in the nfl that super bowl title i i i as a guy that's been there and, and done it and never won a ring i i look at that celebration on the field and i go I these current athletes appreciate what they have because it's such a hard thing to do you won four talk me through it and and you realize at this stage of your life how special your time was in New York. You won nine. Yeah. Nine. Yeah, I don't think that'll ever happen again. I don't know if anybody will ever win three in a row. That's again. unbelievable. You know, when you're playing in New York, when you go, the expectations levels through the roof. They won 27 World Series titles. You had Mr. Steinbrenner was alive back then. The media put a lot of pressure on you. The fans were nuts. You know, you got to do, you, you got to be great every day in New York. And you know, you're not going to be great every day. But everywhere we went on the road, you know, it's, we had a great following. So playing, playing in New York was like playing a playoff game every day, you know, because you had the pressures of winning all the time. We won in 96. And the one thing that, and we had great players. I mean, we look back and you look, and you, we had a reunion, a 96 reunion a few years ago. It was the 20th, I think it was 2016. And you don't realize what kind of players that you played with until all of a sudden everybody's going to their position during old timers day. And you're looking around, and you're like, you got to be kidding me. And you're wondering what the, like the current Yankees or the opposing team, I wonder what they see when they see all these guys out in the outfield or in, 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 around the pitching, Louis Cohn and Jimmy Key, Cecil Field. I mean, Bernie Williams, Jeter, I mean, Posada, you just keep going on and on. And it seemed like every year, Mr. Scheimer would kind of mix it up. He would keep the same say the same 22 guys and then the next next thing we get Chuck Knobloch and then we go we get Roger Clemens one year and then we get David Justice so the expectation to win was so much greater than anywhere else and you could never stay complacent because oh we won one we're good because most teams I mean when you win one they're just happy you know they don't care what happens the next year but with the Yankees it was one of those things that everybody wanted to get back like in 2000 we backed into the playoffs I think we only won 86 to 88 games and everybody was like, oh, we're old. You know, we went out to Oakland, and Eric Chavez, they do the interviews, like, when they, uh, right before, right before, like, during batting practice, right, they call you up to the desk, and they're doing a pregame interview. And it was uh, project, it was projected on the loudspeaker, on the, all the, and he's like, oh, these guys are old. It's our time to win. And, you know, the Yankees had their run. Now it's our time. And we're like, are you kidding me? They're calling us old. We wound up beating them in five. And then we go and we, you know, we played, we played, I forgot who we played in, in the, oh, we played the Mariners in the, in the ALCS. We beat them. And then we win the World Series against the Mets. But you do look back and you're like, we won four World Series. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's incredible. And then we come, then I, I wanted to come back to Seattle because I wanted to do it here. And I thought of one, we were going to do it. It's and, and Yankee Stadium, and still to this day, it, it's when, it, when we're asked, we got to all get asked, you know, what was your favorite park to go to? Old Yankee Stadium yeah. right up there. I remember when Aaron got the job in New York, uh, you know, five years ago, I, I went to see him. Yeah. And I went, walked into New Yankee Stadium, and I was in the tunnel. And a lot of the old security guards, right. hey, right. Booty, what's going on? You know, it's been it's been 15 years. And I said, old Yankee Stadium or new? And they said, old, hands down, one of my favorite oh, yeah. places. 
that World Series I got to play against you guys in 99 when I was at the Braves. I'd played in Yankee Stadium several times, but I remember going out to the line the day before. I think it was game three to, you know, get loose. And something came over me and I went. It's like you could close your eyes and you knew you were somewhere special. That was Yankee Stadium. That was the postseason. Aaron got 57,000 fans. Yeah. It was the loudest outdoor stadium. You were with Aaron in uh, 03 when I was in the booth. And uh, I remember Aaron told me a story. He said, yeah, Jeter told me, he said, uh, it was late in one of the games. And, and Derek said to him, he goes, don't worry, Booney, the ghosts will come out. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, I've been on the other side of the ledger. I was with it in our old one team yeah. where all of a sudden we'll talk about that a little bit later. Something weird happened. But in 1999 with the Braves, I, I think we had you in game three. And all of a sudden we go to the ninth inning and somebody hits a homer, some freak wind kicks up. I think it's a fly ball to right field. It's in the seats, and I'm going, it's happening again. So I think there's some truth yeah. to that. And uh, But an unbelievable place, an unbelievable run for you there. Let's get to 01. It's a magical season, season for all of us. It, I, I can't explain it to people right. when they ask about the 116-win season. I don't think we'll ever see that again no. in sports. You know, the Dodgers last year, when they and I'm sure you got asked this a lot, when they were on that pace, hey, do you think they're going to catch right. a record? And you're like, you realize the pace? Not only the pace that you have to be on, but yeah. the pace that you have to keep up. I remember that year. You probably remember it well. All through that season, probably after May, that's all we got asked every day. Is, yeah. Are you going to break the record? And we're like, we still got 50 wins to yeah. even come close. Talk to you about us later. I remember we broke the record. We won the 116. We had a little party, nothing big. But then all of a sudden, 9-11 hit. And, oh, yeah, by the way, we got to go to the postseason. Yeah. Um, so talk me through your version. We've had a lot of guys on the program talking about that 0-1 season, how special it was. We had eight representatives yeah. in the All-Star game. We're at we're at uh, Play Ball Park right now at the All-Star game. It's been 22 years since since we had eight of our guys and Lou Pinella, our I skipper, know. out there. For, I, I remember it as being unbelievable. The city really came out. Uh, I got to be in a home run derby. I only hit three, but I'll tell you, it's one of the coolest standing ovations I've ever yeah. got. And to be back here 22 years later, Julio's going to get to do that home run derby, get that experience right. I got in 2001. But tell me about the city, uh, that all-star game, and, and just the entire season. And when we lost, how shell-shocked we were, because we thought it was a done deal. Yeah. You know, because uh, in 98, when I was with the Yankees, we won 125 games. We won 114 in the regular season, so it was a similar feeling. Every year that year, once we walked on the field, we felt like we never got beat. We were never going to lose. And if we did, we were shocked. 0-1 was the same feeling. It seemed like every time we would step on the field that we were going to win. And if we lost, then it was a shock that we, that we lost the series or we lost the game. But, you know, you take, the, you take the time that I had in New York. My favorite year of baseball was 0-1. The guys that we had, maybe, maybe because we didn't have the media that the New York – the Yankees had. I mean, we had 25 to 30 people that were media members that were following us nonstop every every game. I mean, you would go into old sta- old Yankee Stadium in the locker room and you couldn't even move. There were so many media people. Uh, you had the fans. You had, but out here it was a lot easier to play. I mean, what we have three or four media guys. You know, yeah. it was hardly anybody. So you know, when we came, Safeco Field was a beautiful field. It was only what three, three four years old, and the city 
playing here in 95 and the first time that the Mariners ever made the playoffs, it was electric. We were in the Kingdom. It was the loudest I've ever I – mean, I had to yell. If I, was, if I was sitting next to you in the Kingdom, I would have to yell. It was so loud. And then Safeco Field became the same way. They started, like, gathering around. And, and everybody – I was – I remember I was doing some things out of my house. I was building like a pool house or whatever. And I basically built it for free because I left tickets for every. Everybody wanted to go to the game. Everybody wanted to go to see the Mariners because we, we, it was just so much fun to watch. I mean, we had I mean, we had great players. Mark McLemore and Al Martin and, and uh, Stan Javier. I mean, these guys, these guys were utility guys, but they played all the time. And, and it was, we just – there wasn't a bad guy on our team. Our bullpen was unbelievable. When we had Arthur Rhodes and we had Norm, we had Penny Agua and Sasaki and myself and – and Franklin. I mean, it was, we had we had guys that were just incredible. That, that we knew we were going to win every single game. And Lou, and we had Brian Price and the coaching staff, McLaren. You know, we had great coaches. That every time it was just, it was one of those. It was one of those years that I, I think that you couldn't wait to get to the park. I mean, I go I go back if we we're playing home, and then I just couldn't wait to get to the park the next day. I mean, it was just that much fun. The road trips when we go in and play and. and the bus rides from the plane to the freaking hotel. It's almost like you wanted traffic. Oh, I remember. I like yeah. I wanted traffic. It was like you were in the back and then Cammy was on the <laughs> mic and it was a comedy show. I'm like, this is the greatest. And probably three quarters of us were freaking hammered anyway. But it was like, <laughs> okay, where's the traffic? I mean, you just wanted it to continue. And it was just an amazing, it was an amazing year. I remember. Go and, and like you said, it was it was it wasn't a matter of we went into a city. Are we going to win? Of course, we're going to win the series. It's just are we going to sweep them or are we yeah. going to win two out of three? We went to Cleveland that year, first round. Didn't play that well, you know. No. And we didn't have many series where we didn't play well. Uh, we squeaked it out, but we knew, you know, it was a matter of this is how I thought, and, and it wasn't an arrogant thing. It was just how the season was going. It was like a magic carpet. Yeah. It's like we couldn't do anything wrong. So it's not that we took stuff for granted, but it was a matter of, well, this is such a special year. We're going to go to Cleveland. We're going to win. We're going to go to the Yank, the mighty Yankees. It, it, but they're, yeah. they're not a problem for us. We're going to beat that. we got to go to the World Series and play the games to get our rings. But that's the mindset. And like I said, I, I want to emphasize, it wasn't arrogant. It was just how it was going. Yeah. And I remember getting through Cleveland, going to New York. All right, got to go take care of business there. Uh and we were talking about this early. I hit a home run in the eighth, and I forget what game it was. And we, were, we had a one-run lead. We ended up losing it. Next next game, we get eliminated. And I remember getting on the bus and looking at my teammates, and there was no words. It was like a shock, like, yeah. I can't believe that happened. Where on every other team I'd ever been on in my career, if we lost, that's part of the game. But not this team and not that year. Tell me what happened to you when we lost, when we got eliminated by the Yankees. Yeah, you know, it was it was depressing because I felt, you know, I felt so bad for the city. I felt so bad for Lou. You know, Lou wanted it. I mean, managed here forever. And he, I think everybody thought we were going to get to the World Series. And it was game four when you hit the home run in the eighth inning because I pitched the seventh. I pitched the bottom of the seventh, and then you hit the home run, and Arthur Rhodes came in, and then Justice hit the home run to tie it up. And then Sasaki, and I think it was Soriano that wound up winning the game. He had a home run off of Sasaki. And we were down 3-1. And I know Lou, after the game, was like, oh, you know, I guarantee you we're going to go back to Seattle. We'll wrap this up in Seattle. Me being on the other side when I was a Yankee, and I knew when we had closeout games, when we were going to close out a team, it was over. We always did it. 
And that feeling that I got after we lost, I was so depressed. And I knew that it was going to be over. I knew it was going to be over in five. The Yankees were going to beat us. Aaron Seeley was on the mound in game five. I went out by myself in New York City. I hit every single bar that I could think of that were open. I didn't come back in until like six in the morning when the sun came up. And because I knew I knew it was over and I went to the park, shag flies, did whatever I needed to do. I propped myself up in the bullpen. I sat I sat back in a chair, put my feet up on the brick wall and I'm, I just watched this lose. I knew we were going to be done because it's just that game. If we would have we would have won that game, if we would have won one nothing, I think the ch- the tides turned because then yeah. all of a sudden now now it's two two and now we're definitely going back to Seattle. But once we lost that one, I just felt that, you know, some guys you know, we had such a great offense. I think so like our pitching that you know that was that was great during the year, it just it just fell apart. I mean, we just didn't have we didn't have enough to beat a team that was so you they talk about experience that was so experienced. And most all those guys have you know, you just got finished winning three World Series in a row and probably eighty percent of the team was still there. And when you have that experience and you know how to treat the different seasons, the spring training, the regular season. And going into the postseason, knowing that hey, I can't be any greater than you were during the regular season, it, it, that 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 plays a huge part, and I, I think that's something that maybe we didn't have. We'll always have it. We have reunions time to time, and still to this day, we're yeah. always talking about how the hell did we lose that one, uh, Nelly? Now you're at, and we've been talking about your schedule. I, I teased Nelly. I said he's doing 100 games. 180 games in a 162 game season. You're busy as heck right now doing the doing the broadcasting. You're doing the Marlins. You're doing the New York Yankees. Uh, how's that schedule for you? How's life? Yeah, you know, I love I love I always love teaching a game, and I try to do it on the broadcast. You know, I don't I don't I'll never rip rip guys, but if they're not doing well, I'll explain why what happened. Or uh, you know, I'm a big mechanical guy for pitchers, so I can pick apart guys' right. mechanics, and I like to explain that. Yeah, in, in the broadcast, but I like it. I love baseball. I love traveling. I think the one thing that I miss the most is going to the different cities. You know, going going to even Oakland. I mean, as bad as Oakland is, I mean, just going there. And you know, I'm going to go to Denver after the All Star break, and I got the Yankees and the Rockies, and just going there and being, you know, it's easier because I know I don't have to ice my arm anymore. But the guys are great. You know, you go up and you just look, and you know, you 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 find things that other people can't find, and you you know, you you look ahead and say, hey, this could happen, or this pitch is going to happen. It's something that I always wanted to do. You know, I, when I played here, I, you know, you know Dave Softy Mahler. I mean, you do stuff with him. I have my own radio show here, so it's something that I wanted to go into. And, you know, now I'm with the Yankees and the Marlins, and, you know, I don't mind getting busy. I don't mind staying busy. I don't mind doing these games. It's a lot of fun. And I went from probably not ever talking when I was in high school, and like, now you can't shut me up. So it's like, I have to be told, hey, don't talk so much. Let the game breathe a little bit. Well, take care, Uncle Aaron. You're my yes. brother in New York. You know, he has a tough time with his temper now. Didn't it seem like when we were playing, yeah. I was like the, I was like kind of the standoffish guy, the chip on my shoulder, and Aaron was always the nice guy. Yeah. Now the umpires hate Aaron. I'm like the good guy. You know, social cool. media is so bad. You know, I feel so bad for Aaron because, you know, like hopefully he doesn't read social media because they just rip right. apart the Yankees oh, and everything. Oh, it doesn't matter. And it's like, what do you expect? It was like, oh, he gives the same answers all the time. You're like, what is, what is he going to say? Right. You go to the podium yeah, every exactly. single night. And you're getting asked the same question over and right. over. No, he's doing a hell of a job. And I'm proud. Nelly, yes. it's great catching really up. Great. I appreciate you. you coming on the Boone podcast.
and I'm sure we'll, we'll be getting together a lot over yes. the next four days. Yep. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.